This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae. Thanks for listening. Another week, another dollar. Let me hear you holla. Are you ready for emotional growth? This is one of those episodes. But before we get into it, thank you so much for all of your subscriptions on YouTube. That's where you can watch the video for this episode. Go to youtube.com forward slash Jessie Mae Peluso. Click subscribe. Check out all the videos. Leave me little comments. Keep it cute. I see some of you. I see some of you. It's okay. Everyone, to each their own. I'm not for everybody and I don't want to be for everybody. Okay? Thank you very much. But if I am for you, come see me live. I'm on tour. My wide open tour kicked off in Austin last month. Actually, this month. We're still in August. I'm coming to many places. jessiemadecom slash tour, I believe is a site. Just go to jessiemadecom You can click on tour and find all of my dates. This weekend, I will be in Connecticut, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I have three shows at three different wineries. Go to my website, check it out, and come out and have some fun outdoor shows with my brother, Marty Caproni. The following week, I'm going to be in New Jersey on the 24th and 26th in Point Pleasant in Beach Haven, New Jersey. Come out, have some fun. Those shows are also available on jessiemay.com. September, I'm going to be in Alaska, British Columbia, Edmonton. October is New York City, uh, Poughkeepsie, a whole whole bunch of cities. jessiemay.com for tickets. My girl tour is kicked with Carly. We're going to be coming to our our, sh- our kickoff show is actually going to be in New York City, October 9th at the City Winery. That's going to be our first show. We're also going to be doing a live podcast episode there. And you got to check it out. All those dates and more available on my website, jessiemade.com. And don't forget to check out my new show on Netflix. Tattoo Redo is available. It's top trending. It's trending in 20 different countries. I can't be more excited. Thank you so much for you guys, your support and enjoying the show. A lot of you are emailing photos of your tattoos. Those are fun. And I'm sending them to my executive producer. So you never know. Hey, you never know. You you could be on the show depending on which way we go. And I have a flow. I'm a rapper. But Tattoo Redo is available on Netflix now. Binge it. Binge it, binge it, binge it and enjoy it. Uh, my Joe Rogan podcast episode aired, so you can listen to me on Joe. Him and I get a little blitzed, a little sloshed, and podcast for four hours. That was a lot of fun. And what else? Uh, yeah, that's it. Let's get into this episode. This is a Dr. P episode. Whole bunch of questions, because it's been a couple weeks since we've done Dr. P. You can submit your question on my Instagram stories on Monday and Tuesdays to have your question maybe answered on the Instagram story if I have time for that. If not, they go right on this podcast. So without further ado, board uncertified with no PhD, but a whole bunch of THC. Here's Dr. Peluso. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, 
comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Dr. P in the house, as you can see. It's official, bitch. You are going to get the best doctor advice from a non-doctor. I am not a doctor, nor do I claim to be a doctor. I'm just a bitch trying to give some advice to the world for free. Well, not necessarily free. Nothing in life is free. This is coming at somewhat of a cost for you, whether it be you having to listen to my Syracuse accent, um, you having to be succumbed to me just putting on makeup while I'm podcasting just to let motherfuckers know it takes time and effort to put all this together. Not much, just a little lipstick and mascara and a little bit of blush and a little bit of cover up and a little bit of brow bitch to get the, to get, to get, to get, to get the day started. Speaking of getting the day started. Ah, oh, come on now. All good doctors are drunk. All the all the good doctors are drunk ones. This isn't even that hard. It's hard kombucha, not a sponsor, called Flying Embers, which is what I send out into the world when it's that time of the month. Hard kombucha, no sugar, no carbs. It's pretty delicious. Oh, it's made in Ojai, California? Pineapple ginger. Oh, pineapple chili with a hint of ginger. Hello. Hello, and let's make it happen. Live probiotics, antioxidants, USDA organic adaptogens. What the fuck are those? It's shrooms, but not the kind that make you float into outer space. You know, things that help your body with stress management. This is pretty delicious. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I'm nervous. I'm excited to do a Dr. P episode. It's been a hot minute. Why am I so... I'm so close to you guys. I have a really cute shirt on. Hold on. Let me make sure I don't fall. Cute shirt. There you go. This is for the fellas. There you go. Everybody happy and satisfied now? Can we get into this? Because we have a ton of questions. This is a buildup of a couple of weeks. As you guys know, I've had a couple very busy weeks with the release of, well, busy month, really, because we're already near the end of August. I had the release of my show on Netflix, Tattoo Redo. That came out and was a hit. Thank you for everybody who watched. I'm humbled, excited, anxious, all of the things. I feel amazing about it. I I knew it was going to be well-received. I didn't even take a drink of this. Speaking of well-received, let me receive this delicious hard kombucha. It's so delicious. I should hit these guys up to be a sponsor, honestly. Truly, if anybody knows Flying Embers, try it. Sparkling fermented tea. Raw probiotics. I have had a busy month, bitch. Rogan and the podcast and the release of the show and also my tour has, I've embarked on my tour. I am doing a podcast with Carly, which will be coming out September 1st and a podcast with Mike Tully coming out September 1st. So all of the wheels are set in motion and all of the things are happening. And I am excited to get into this Dr. P episode because I feel like you guys really need it. No judgment. I mean, so much judgment. You know, people are like, no judgment. All we do is judge. That's that's how we live life. It's how we gauge our environment, gauge the people in our vicinity. It's how we survive. Judgment isn't bad. It's if you allow it to make improvements for yourself, if you allow the judgment into your life so you can become a better person, hey, Look, you've utilized judgment. When my friend, when girls are like, oh, you know, I love her. She doesn't judge me. She's not a good friend if she doesn't judge you. I've talked about this before. I've spoken on this. Your friends should judge you. Okay? That's what keeps your ass from sleeping with, with slobs and going into dark alleys. Okay, let's get into this Dr. P episode. You guys know um, I used to have so much free time to be able to do this on my Instagram story. And I hope to be able to get back into that a little bit. I'm going to try today to do a little bit of like the actual Dr. P's and schedule some time so I can do the fun filters because that's essentially how this started on Instagram. 
I, you know, on Mondays, I post the question for you to ask Dr. P, Dr. Peluso questions, and I would respond with all the fun fucking filters on Instagram, and then a bitch got busy, so she had to put it into her podcast. So let's get started. The, a couple of these might be repeats. There's a lot of questions in my in my folder, so hey, maybe I'll give the same or better or worse advice. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Natalie Portman Vinny. That's a lot of names. I feel like it's your name, where you're from, and your husband's name all in one situation. Is fart water healthy for you? Now, I don't know if you mean like when you're in a bathtub and you fart and then you drink that water. I don't even think it matters if you fart in the bathtub. You probably shouldn't drink the water at all. Let me just, I want you guys to see my stethoscope so you know I'm, I mean business. There we go. We'll put it over my shoulder like a shawl. There, that's real. That's real. Um, and my outlet is right here. So, you know, we have power in the studio. <laughs> you shouldn't be drinking your bath water. Throw the baby out with the bath water, right? I know that's not the saying, but you totally should because that baby's dirty. The bath water washed off and now it's just sitting in the bath water. You know, it washed off your amoebas. Now the amoebas are floating around all your nooks and crannies and sensitive bits. And then you want to fart in there as well? I, I I don't know to what you're referring to as far as fart, as far as fart water, but I'm going to go with a hard no, Natalie. And it, it, it sounds like what they should call the water in Flint, Michigan. I don't know if they've situated that i don't think they have and to be honest the amount of uh, macro plastics in our water now and everyone's drinking water is jarring so and and jarring a pun intended it's from jars (laughs) it's from plastic fucking jars we've got to stop we have to stop as i drink this can where's the end i don't know I don't know, guys. I don't know where the end is. Hopefully it's near, but not in like in a bad way. I mean, the end of us treating the earth like a huge trash heap. Um, speaking of huge trash heap, let's go to our next question. I'm just kidding. Liesl, Lizelle Love. Okay. How to deal with a mentally ill cuspert of an alcoholic uncle who legally I can't put out. Oh my God. Are you living with this person? why can't you legally put him out? Is he, oh, because he's mentally ill. See, this is a tricky scenario. Um, Just because I feel like you're probably dealing with a lot of bureaucracy that's keeping your hands tied if he's mentally ill. And first of all, I'm sorry that you have to deal with this. And him being a cuss bird, that's the least of your worries. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know this bitch, I drop F-bombs like it's World War II. You know, it's how I was raised. And I keep reading on Instagram where I get all my news that the people who swear, the smartest people are the people who swear and vice versa. So, you know, people who swear are smart and smart people swear. So fuck off. But the fact that you have to deal with somebody who's mentally ill, I can't even imagine. I mean, I can't imagine because I had to help my father and my sister, you know, maintain the brunt of that when my father was sick. Oh, I'm losing my extremely legitimate stethoscope um alzheimer's although it's not necessarily classified as a mental illness it is in the umbrella of mental health and mental health issues so i can commiserate with you having to be responsible for somebody who is incapacitated to a certain degree on a real level i'm gonna recommend some meditation for yourself as much as you can find some space even if it's only a minute i use insight timer app every morning i've used it every morning since the day my mother died uh november 13th friday the 13th 2020 i meditate every morning even if i can't even get in that much time there's only been a handful of times where i could do five minutes or less and it's it's just to create a routine to start to create a habit for yourself, a morning routine, if you will, or an evening routine or both. I first wanted to instill my morning routine and now I'm starting to build my night routine. It takes a long time to build a habit, 21 to 28 days to start to build a habit. So I would say for you, because it sounds like you are, you're at the mercy of having to care for this person. I would say start a nice morning routine for yourself. And if you have to add some marijuana, well, God bless. Okay. Cause that's just what the doctor ordered. 
seriously, and why didn't I put any marijuana here? At least I've got my hard kombucha, but the fact that I don't have a joint right here is really, really pissing me off. So you should go get a joint, find some time to meditate, and start journaling. Because I I would imagine you're building up a lot of resentment and energy and stress, and that has to get expelled. Otherwise, it builds up in your body, and it's no good. So Godspeed, Lizelle. I I wish you all the luck in the world to your situation, because it sounds very heavy. Um... Majawa, 1996. Would you rather have hiccups for two days or be tickled for an hour? Damn, that's a really tough one. Tickling is a form of torture for me. Although when I was a kid, I used to do tickle trains with my friends. Calm down, perverts. It's where we would just gently like, you know, like this kind of tickle where you're just, it's like a soft, relaxing tickle. But I imagine you're talking about what uh, a mentally ill cuss bird of an alcoholic uncle might do, which is tickle you for an hour. Sorry, Lizelle, but it was too perfect not to set it up like that. I don't know if I'd want to be tickled for an hour. I'm going to go anything for two days is too much. You know, I feel like two days might be the max, but I feel like 24 hours is a good amount of time for anything. Maybe two days is you know, doable. This is for enjoyable things like camping or Disney or having people stay over or doing, uh, you know, extracurricular drugs or whatever it is, what have you. I feel like two days is kind of the max for fun and for torture. (laughs) But I know myself and I would shit and piss myself if I was being tickled for an hour. So I'm going to have to go with hiccups for two days. And it sounds it sounds like both of them are a workout. And I don't want to do either of them. So screw you for even bringing this into my life. Okay. Majawa 1996. Chris Duke comedy. Oh, I wonder if you are a, do I know you, Chris? I feel like I know you. Was there a time you wanted to give up when you were losing your father? Wow. Whoo. We went from sharding to heartbreak. Um, that's a really good question. Was there a time I wanted to give up? I didn't want to give up. That's not in my DNA. It's not in my DNA to relinquish any of my control, which is something I'm working on. I'm working on actually relinquishing some of my control because, you know, uh, being a control freak is, is a pathology that I'm learning to deal with. But, um, so much of what was going on was out of my control with my father. So, you know, uh, I didn't want to give up. I, I, I'm not that type of person. I find ways to make things work. And if they don't work, I take a beat, reassess, pivot, and go down another path. That's how I've always been. And I think it's because I have been through a lot of challenging times in my life. I've, you guys know, it's well known now because of podcast. I've been raped. I have been in abusive relationships. I have had abusive relatives. I have seen and been through the trenches. And to add on losing my father, seeing my father go through Alzheimer's or um, vascular dementia, which is a, um, a type of dementia, Alzheimer's being the most common type of dementia. Um, I, and then losing my mother, I feel like I've gone through the boot camp of life. And as much as it can break you down, I definitely was broken down. I definitely felt completely eviscerated emotionally. I felt like I had nothing else to give in in certain moments. And that's why things like Weeds Day and even Dr. Peluso, all these things that I love to do that I put out for you guys had to take a back seat because I had to manage emotions that arouse from dealing with all of this stuff. And it's interesting when you go through hardship, the hardship at hand, say for an example, my father's disease, it can bring up and excavate issues and emotions that are dealt with that that pertain to previous instances in your life. So not only are you dealing with the emotions and the trauma and the stress of the current scenario, 
it's also drudging up past trauma and add on top ancestral trauma, which is something everyone's saying now. It's like a part of the zeitgeist. It's part of our our modern vernacular. We're learning about us carrying the burden of our ancestors' trauma. And within one individual, you know, the closest amount of lifetimes and generations you have is four generations that are you are that you are intrinsically linked to that word's so hard but you guys know the word i'm talking about and then beyond that there's like four thousand ancestors whose dna is in your dna and and you have all of that trauma jostled around and then you are dealing with your own existential issue at hand it can be overwhelming there were times where I had no energy for anything. And what I do is bring joy to people. It's what I love. It's what I was put on this earth to do. I, I believe that to my core. And the irony of it is that the tragedy fuels the art. And I don't go seeking out tragedy. It's not like I'm walking down an alley with my asshole hanging out, whistling for you know the rape demons to come. But I have, and I think I have uh, either innately have this ability and have de- certainly developed it through the years. I've learned to digest trauma and transform it because trauma transforms you, essentially. And depending on what you do for work or for healing, you can turn it into something tangible. You can turn it into something useful for others. And that has been my purpose on the other side of all these things that I've gone through. Even though I found, initially found comedy as an outlet for, excuse me, my pain and everything that I had dealt with up to that point, it's now become my purpose. It's become a way for me to use the pain and the trauma that I've experienced and turn it into something for other people who are experiencing things like rape and you know, abuse and and going through traumatic things with your loved ones and having to be a caregiver for your loved one. All of this is, it's not very easy. It's not like I just was like, oh, I'm just gonna, oh, I've got purpose now that my dad's sick and dead and oh, my mom died. Well, I'll just turn that into a, a, a comedy special. It's not, I'm not belittling people's experiences and saying, hey, you should just turn that shit into something useful. No. But you're asking me, did I want to give up? No, because all that I have experienced and everything culminated to a moment and I have an opportunity and a responsibility, I believe, to continue on for everybody else, to give hope to other people, to put to work everything that I've worked on and sacrificed. You know, um, I think... Losing my parents fucking sucked, but I feel really grateful that I have a career and a calling in an art form that allows me to go into those emotions and allows me to turn it into something that can help other people. So I didn't want to give up. I wanted to dig in. I wanted to do more. I wanted to find a way to to matter more, if that answers your question, Chris Duke Comedy. Um, do you guys hear this fucking lawnmower? Are you serious, sir? The fucking... Are, are you serious? The goddamn gardener's here. Son of a bitch. People who swear are the smartest. Tigers 55. If you could be any animal, what would it be and why? Ugh. Damn it. I want to say a dog, but that's so obvious. I have like 50 of them. You know, I think a horse, but even a horse is, it just seems so difficult to be a horse. You're so big. (laughs) You're so big and someone's always wanting to ride you and usually they don't know how to ride you and it's uncomfortable. It sounds a lot like sex, but you're so mystical and beautiful, you know, and you represent the American frontier. But then when you really dig into the history of it, it was kind of brutal and, and terrible. But then again, all human history is brutal and terrible, especially when it comes to change and big change. But horses were such a big part of the frontier. And even though there's still some wild horses down in like uh, South Carolina and a couple other places, uh, maybe a bald eagle. But then it's like, what bitch wants to be bald? You know? That's not that's not my desire in life. A bald eagle? Oh, a centaur. What's the thing 
what's the thing for that the movie is it TriStar Cinema Cinema the horse thing is that like a Pegasus I think a Pegasus I think a Pegasus because then it's like I'm a part of a dream world and I'm mystical and 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 I'm like so many people's spirit animal. I'm going to go with Pegasus, but I feel like it might be a bad choice. But then Honey Badger don't give a fuck. And I I certainly don't give a fuck. So it's a toss up. It's a toss up. Burt Corners says, I sent you a good fart vid. Damn, Burt Corners. Now I'm going to have to check it out. Fart Fridays on Instagram. Uh, DM me your submissions. You can email them to me too, but it's easier if you just go on Instagram and DM me. I... And my Debbie, my assistant, we post our favorite fart videos just to to bring some joy. My dad loved farts. My mom couldn't stand them. I literally have heard her fart twice. You guys know this. If you know me, she's only farted twice my whole life. And now she's dead. So she's an eternal fart, literally a ghost. So I got it all for my dad. And and it's an it's an homage to my father. Truly, it's it's a day for my dad's ghost to enjoy Instagram. I'll have to check your fart video. Call me Carrie. Got dumped last week. What can I do to get over it quicker? Now, here's where I'm going to have to correct you. And this is not anything you have to do or listen to. You know, I am not a real doctor. I'm just a bitch who's been through some shit. You don't want to get over anything faster than you need to get over it in order to learn the lessons you need to learn and to heal the way you need to heal. So the next time you remember what it was like to go through this process so you don't repeat it again. Quicker isn't better. Sometimes with sex, sure. Sometimes with driving, absolutely. But when it comes to healing, self-care, anything where there's a transformation and a lesson to be had and learned, you want to let it do what it do. And there's no real shortcut except for bottles of tequila and blunts. And sure, you could do that, you know? Escape into your vices. I don't condone it, but I'm going to go out on a truth limb and say I've certainly done it, not to the point of complete abuse, just to the point of me feeling a little fuzzy and not giving a fuck. (laughs) I honestly, I mean, this is like the the most amount of alcohol I've really been drinking lately. That's not true. I had tequila yesterday, but we were doing BAM and I got excited because we were watching arachnophobia. That's neither here nor there. The point is, You don't want to do anything too quick, babe. You want to do it for the amount of time you need to do it. Because if you got dumped and you want to get over it quick, something tells me you have attachment issues and you have a codependency thing going on or you just want to get over it and let it go so you can get on to the next thing. Take this time. Can you guys hear? I hope you you can't hear my fucking... I hope you can't hear my damn, my, 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 what do you call him? Landscaper. I I hope you can't. God damn it, Jose. I thought it was supposed to be on Tuesdays. This is Tuesday in podcasting world, but I guess he changed the landscaping day to Monday and didn't email a bitch. So I highly apologize, but at least it sounds like neighborhood. You know, I always love the sound of of a lawnmower now. Not always. I love it now because it reminds me of back in the day. But call me Carrie. I really feel like you need to take your time and, and, and learn the lessons you need to learn, bitch. We all want to go, oh, he was an asshole. She was a bitch. He cheated. She lied. What, what can you learn about yourself in this scenario? You contributed somehow, some way. <laughs> so figure out what that was and what that is. Really sit with yourself, bitch, and go, how did I contribute to the demise of this relationship? How did I occur? What am I doing that's making things not work in my personal and inter- in interpersonal relationships, friendships, and connections and collaborations? It's a, it's a real time for you to have a little learning lesson and grow the fuck up. And I give it to you in tough love because we need tough love, you know, I I had to do a lot of that on my own because I left the nest early and I fended for myself from the age of 18, not out of any sort of weird runaway um, like hobo lifestyle. I just knew I wanted more for myself, but that comes at a cost. So you got to fight and dig into yourself and excavate those parts of yourself that keep reoccurring. 
and find out where the source of that is. And more often than not, the source of your common reoccurrence, your pathologies, the things that you keep doing that's interrupting your flow of life has a source. And the source more often than not is some trauma, some undealt with trauma. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm a bitch who's just been through some shit. And I feel like this information should be free and accessible. And I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody. I can only say and retell and relive and indulge you in the experiences that I have up to this point in my life from all the things that I've done. And one of the things that I didn't do enough in my youth, and I think it's just a product of youth and also a lot of other factors, is dig in deep to myself. And now that I'm staring 40 in the back of the head, how you doing? I know I look good. I have a really good skincare specialist and I also drink a lot of water. I stopped drinking alcohol so much and I smoke blunts whenever I want. I really am am having a perspective of I don't want to go into this next chapter of my life carrying the baggage that I was born with from ancestral trauma that I acquired from my own trauma and that I acquired from not dealing with my trauma. You know, we're not just getting ancestral trauma and the traumas that we get from experiences in our life. We're also acquiring the trauma from avoiding dealing with the healing associated around those specific traumatic events. And that is a very, I'm telling you, if you don't deal with the thing, it will become very expensive emotionally, spiritually, and and literally financially expensive for you to deal with. So I'm sure, call me Carrie, you wanted some other like pro bestie response like, bitch, just block him on everything, which you should do. Block him on everything. Block him. And and maybe some of you out there like, bitch, that's not good advice. I think it's great advice, honestly, because if you're a person like me, you need the block to keep moving. Maybe you don't. But if you keep reaching out, ask yourself why. Why is a very powerful question in our in our emotional and personal evolution. Why is a question you should be asking every day. So ask yourself, why do you want it to get over quicker? That's my first response for you. Slim Jim Tim Sim. Wow. Why have we never gotten a Fart Friday contribution from you, Dr. P? That's a really solid question. And I will take it into consideration. I'll put it in my suggestion fart box and hopefully get one out for you this week. I just, I I never even, honestly, it seems like such a simple request and I never even considered it. (laughs) So thank you, Slim Jim Tim Sim. I will, I will put a fart in a jar and send it to you personally. I should start doing that. Would you guys buy would you guys buy my my jar farts? Serious question for the room. Let me know because I'll put them on my fucking website. I swear to god, I will put fart jars on my website from me. I feel like that's some shit I could sell on OnlyFans. We got to get on it. Deb Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, super fan. Dr. Peluso, no question. Just wanted to thank you again. And other comics are my, you and other comics are my therapists. Thank you. Oh, honey, I'm happy, but please get a real qualified therapist. I'm happy that whatever I'm saying and doing is motivating you and helping you. But please find a bitch or a sir who's been through school who can really do some stuff. I mean, that's not to say that the only qualification is college, because obviously experience is huge. My own life coach and therapist, he didn't, he's not necessarily qualified, He didn't study it in college. He's just been through so much and has figured out how to get out of his own way that he shares that with other people. So I appreciate you so much. M. Kirky 31 recent inductees to the Dead Dads Club. Any advice? So far, this is awful. He was my best friend. Wow. I'm going to put a pin in that because... I want to get into that before we go. So I'm going to do a couple more questions, but I'm going to come back to you, M. Kirky, because that's a whole other conversation. And I, I really want to get to this next question. Thomas Strom, can I lick your feet? No. <laughs> I really wanted to get into that night. We have so many questions. This might have to be a, a two-parter. N. Lombardo, 718. Why are you single? Such a beautiful soul. I love you on the Joe Rogan experience. You know... I'm single because I choose to be. I'm working on myself. I know that sounds like such a bullshit answer, but I really am. After I lost my mom and final parent. (laughs) Actually, I shouldn't say that. Oh, my heart just sank. I have a stepfather. 
who has known me since I was five. I'm such a shiny bitch. Let me take this down for you guys. Oh my God. I really need a joint. I honestly, my stepfather, Steve has known me since I was five. He was with my mom. They reunited. It's a really a wild story. And I I wonder if he'd be comfortable coming on the podcast. He's a little bit shy and isn't the most attention seeking whore ever. (laughs) So I don't know if he would be forthright and forthcoming and, and comfortable with not forthcoming, but comfortable with this process. Him and my mom, you know, long story short, and he laughs about it. And I joke about it in my stand up. My mom and him had a fling while my parents were married. And, you know, my dad was a difficult, emotionally difficult and unavailable man at times. And so my mother sought it out and found it in somebody else's dad. (laughs) She moved the neighbor's dad into my house. My dad was kicked out and left. And then my mom and Steve proceeded to have a relationship for 15, 20 plus years. And then they broke up and got divorced and then reunited a year and a half before she died. And I know this is such a a far shoot to go from the question, why are you single? But I swear there's a point. You know, she and him reunited and found love again with each other. I don't think they ever stopped loving each other. I think they were able to love each other differently on the other side of their marriage And it was because of him that my sister and I were able to say goodbye to her. I don't know, you know, everything happens for a reason, but say she was going to get sick regardless of who was in her life, she might have died at home alone, but he was with her um, and caught something and we were able to at least, you know, she was in the ICU for 84 days, 86 days. And because of that, I was able to say goodbye you know, I was able to say some things and hold her hand and, um, be there for her. And, and I'm forever indebted to him. And in the fact that he's still in the house where I grew up and, and where she and him lived means a whole other world of appreciation for me. I have so much appreciation for it because to go into an empty home after somebody dies, after somebody who lived there dies, to see it empty and unlived in is an extra level of pain and anguish that having him there has allowed us to avoid. We go there and he's kept <clears throat> he's kept her spirit alive by being there. And to answer your question, why am I single? Because I'm a crazy bitch. This had nothing to do with it. Just wanted to tell you a story about my mom. No, I'm single because I'm working on dealing with the loss of my mom, which has brought up a lot for me about the loss of my dad. And now I'm sort of juggling these two grieving happenstances in my life. And it's a lot to carry. And sometimes when people are dealing and healing they will download their emotional responsibility to themselves on other people. And I don't want to do that. It's nobody else's responsibility to deal with my healing besides me. And that's not to say I can't lean on my friends. I don't have friends in my life that I can lean on. I know that I'm not quite there yet. So I am going through the process of grief. And I don't know, you know, it's not to say like if I meet somebody in a farmer's market like Brad Pitt tomorrow and I'm just happen to get my hair done and I look great and I've got hard nipples through a perfect shirt. Of course, I'm going to take him home. I mean, of course, but for now I'm single and thank you for the compliment. Tone hero says, fucking marry me. You're hilarious. Now that's cute. That's cute, but it's going to be a hard pass. Did you just listen to what I said? I can't bro. Um, I can't, and I, if I, if I marry anyone through a DM, I I have some healing to do. Nothing on you, nothing on you. I appreciate your vigilance. I appreciate your commitment and your ambition, but it's a real hard no. Nothing against you. Micah likes this. When are you coming back to Nashville? Good question. I'm not sure yet. I was there briefly to visit my brother, Josh Wolf, but I don't know if, do I have any shows on my wide open tour? JessieMay.com? 
coming to a city near you. I don't think I'm in Nashville this year, probably next spring, because my my year, my 2021 is completely full. So next spring, for sure. Um, Ryan1807, do you like bald English men? If so, DM me. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I don't, not in this moment. I just had to go with my gut. But maybe. Are you a nice guy? Are you open? Are you emotional? I can't do that because I just told Tone Hero I don't. And here I am being like, oh my God, he's bald. Is he emotionally available? I can't. I'm sorry, sir. It's a hard no for you. It's a hard no for Tone Hero. I think the only bald guy, and he's not necessarily bald, and he's also not English, that I would date is David Bautista. How you doing? Guard, Guard this galaxy. Pink Elephant 99. Back to front. What? What? Back to front. What? Wiping? No. They teach you that in like elementary school. Front to back. You don't want to get poop in your cooch. Very unsanitary. Very, very just a breeding ground for disease. And if your vagina is like mine, it just engulfs whatever's near the gaping hole. She's not a whore. She's just hungry. She's just an ambitious little thing. Hold on. I gotta fix my my studio stool here. There we go. Is that is that worse or better? Oh, that's much better. I'm sweating under my ass. These lights are really hot in here. <laughs> Back to front. No. Wait. No. Not not at all, pink elephant. Okay? That's one way to get pink eye in your cooch. Is real 27. Is there a cure for loving you? There is no cure for loving me. You're going to die. You're going to die with a little piece of me on your heart. Take a little piece of my heart now, baby. Smack 99. Just wanted to say watching you on the JRE right now. My condolences. Thank you, Smack 99. I appreciate your condolences. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun on the Joe Rogan experience. JTPSD. That's funny. I've had issues with self-doubt my entire life in addition to therapy. What do you suggest? I get this often. I get this often. And honestly, it's it's a dive into your psyche. I think at first, the, the first thing you're going to need to do is figure out where your self-doubt comes from. You know, there are so many things that are said around to and near children that they absorb and it starts to formulate their identity and their confidence or lack thereof. So it could be something from your childhood, overhearing things being said, the way people are, were treated, what you witnessed. And the more you start to identify that, the more you can unpack it and the more you can view it as a witness instead of somebody who's in the middle of it. And then you can start to dissemble it a little bit and understand it as something that happened, not something that is you. You know, it happened to you and, and you can kind of unpack it and peel it away from yourself. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of self-awareness and realization and the ability to step away from yourself and view yourself as a witness. And I'm learning that from this book called um, An Untethered Soul that I heard about from listening to my dear friend uh, Leo Flowers' podcast. He was interviewing Molly from Molly's Game. And, you know, she honestly broke it down and this book really breaks it down where you just have to sort of deal with yourself everything that's said inside of your head as as someone witnessing it not as something not as it's happening to or you're you're in the middle of it but you have to sort of peel yourself back a little bit so it's definitely a practice it's definitely something that takes time and patience but Therapy is a great addition. I will say this, that there is something to highlighting, diving in deep and exploiting what you're good at. I, I'm good at this. I'm good at talking. I'm good at people and I'm good at identifying emotional growth and emotional blockages. And I'm really good at reading energy and reading people's energy. And I'm also funny and a, a decent communicator. So I'm diving in deep. I've, I, I've done it since I was 18. So maybe find what you're good at and go balls deep with it. Go hardcore. Don't give a fuck. Look, 
here's the thing you spend all this time worrying what people think of you they weren't even thinking of you they were thinking of themselves the same way you are worrying about yourself so just know that and ask yourself you know as somebody whose parents are dead <laughs> i love saying it so much just because eventually maybe i'll i'll be able to get over it uh I'm, I'm sort of you know diluting it emotionally for myself the more you say it, the more you speak it into existence, the less effect it has on you. So I think you need to start with an affirmation. You got to steward small yourself. I have an affirmation in my big ass mirror in my bedroom. It says you are magic. And I see it every morning and every night. And I remember that. And I say that to myself and I say it to people when I hear them talking badly about themselves. And when I start hearing myself talk badly about me, I yell at this bitch. I'm like, who is this bitch in my head? Who, who do you pay rent? What are you doing here? I don't think so. I'm sorry. I, I I have nothing for you. So when you start to have those thoughts, identify that those thoughts aren't truth. Your feelings like that are not truth. It's just a thought. And it might be good to write them all down. JTPSD. It might be good to write down all these doubts you have about yourself every day. Write them all down and read them. Start to read them and ask yourself, is this true? I, and I get this from Dr. Daniel Amen. You should really check him out. He calls them ants. Uh, all negative thoughts. I think it's what it is. All, all, all automated negative thoughts that are in our head that just pop in. They're like little ants and they cause so much anxiety and they're just, just crawling around inside. They're just totally useless. You got to start squashing those ants, bro. Check out Dr. Daniel Amen. Check out Jim Quick. Check out, um, uh, you know, I follow so many different mental health people. Go to, go, honestly, go to the list of people I follow. And if they're a neurologist, a neuroscientist, click on there and start to eat better. Start to write down those negative thoughts and create a mantra for yourself and also exercise. You know, a lot of your self-doubt, negative thoughts is unprocessed stress and energy. And it can be your body's manifestation of stress. It can be your past trauma's manifestation of stress. It's undealt with energy. It's just energy. So you either need to expel it emotionally or physically or spiritually. And you have to find what works for you in each of those realms of your life. It's not anyone else's responsibility to do that for you. Find out what works for you emotionally to make you feel lighter and also processed. Find out what works for you physically to make you feel clearer and healthier and, and light. And find out what works for you spiritually. How can you connect with yourself? Where do you go when you aren't worried about what you look like? And it's someplace that makes you just feel good and it's devoid of vices and distractions. That's my advice to you. Um, you know, it's, it's a long road and be gentle with yourself and just know we're all on this individual road to some sort of evolution, whether we want to really realize it or not. And the tools that you put in your bag are really up to you. It's really up to you. And there's so many tools to put in your bag to carry you through this life. And yeah, you can lean on people, but people aren't always going to be around. And that might be a defeatist look on life, but uh, my parents are dead. <laughs> they were my rocks. They were my foundation. And so I have had to learn how to build another foundation underneath them. And so when they're gone, like now, I have something to stand on so I won't crumble. And that's not to say, I take that back a little bit. Crumbling is okay. Beautiful things. Creation comes from destruction. So, you know, you can't, you can't sort of the top without hitting rock bottom. We all hit rock bottom at some point. There's no way to avoid that. But while that's happening, you can still learn prior to and beyond that sort of break how to build and acquire tools to help you through and to help you sustain. And not only that, something I thought about today in the shower where I get a lot of my good thoughts these tools that you acquire also help other people. That's where it really comes in. That's where you really start to feel the fruits of life and the fruits of your emotional labor is when you're able to share that information with other people and help them along their path. You know, only when you go through these tumultuous, emotionally tumultuous events in your life, can you identify them in other people. 
it really gives you an armor of compassion and empathy that you might not have had had you not been humbled by life. So all this to say your issues with self-doubt are totally manageable, but it starts with you and you can't be fucking lazy about it. You cannot be fucking lazy about it. So many people are so fucking lazy. Why aren't I changing? I just, I was trying, trying. I can't stand the word trying. Do it. Oh, I'm not as strong as you. Fucking figure it out. Get your tools ready. Go get some fucking tools in this life. It's a short motherfucker. It's a spark. It's a spark in the the line of existence that you have. You're going to sit and... have excuses as to why you're not doing something. The only reason you're not doing something is you. So dig into you and find out why. Is it a little heavy? Let's go to a lighter one. J-Rod 2-6. Did you know they call me the David Bautista of the West Coast? What? Who's they? You and your cousin, Tim? (laughs) Who's they? You and the cashier at the fucking Ralph's? Let me see. I don't want the David Bautista of the West Coast. I want the David Bautista of Florida. David Bautista. I don't want you. Motherfucker, you look at me and think I'm, I'm, I deserve a, a, a carbon copy? Do you know who you're talking to? J-Rod26. Motherfucker, I deserve the real thing. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm Actually, I know I'm not sorry. Women apologize too much. You're sorry, but not in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know. Don't be an asshole. And if you're the D- David Bautista of the West Coast, good for you. It means you're doing something. You're working on your body. It's Grace Ya says why. And, and she might have put this as like kind of a jab because the question that she's responding to is ask Dr. P anything. And she said why. Which she could be maybe had been funny about it or she meant it in a way that was like, why? Why would I ask you anything? But it's really funny if we go into that route how much we find out about her or him, however she identifies or he identifies. If they really didn't care, they wouldn't have responded, but they wanted a little bit of attention, but they didn't want to be vulnerable enough to ask something that would make it seem like they need help. And so maybe they don't know how to ask for help. Maybe they don't realize they need help and maybe they're in their own way and they just don't even realize how, why that's happening. But why is the most important question, Grace? We said this earlier. It's a great question. You ask the most important question. So maybe in your pursuit to project, be sarcastic, not dig deep or have an opportunity to have something answered, you, in fact, ask the most important question. So congratulations. Kudos. I'm proud of you. Now, I want you to wake up, look in the mirror and ask yourself the same question and let me know what you find out. We're not going to get to all of these. Ty Rich 06, making OnlyFans. I've thought about it. I'm on the fence. They've asked me tons of times. Like I said, maybe I could sell farts in a jar there. Jar farts. Well, I'll bring up the topic to them. We'll see. Maybe. But I won't be doing titty things. Sorry to let you down. I won't be doing titty things. It's, it's just not happening. I apologize. Actually, I don't. See? Well, no, you can apologize there. You can apologize there. But actually, no. No, I'm not going to apologize for not showing my tits. Fuck that. Bye. I'll do that on my own time. You know how I want. Maybe on OnlyFans. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Tigers55 is back. Did you know the tattoo you were getting on your show or was it a complete surprise? It was a complete surprise. Absolutely. And I love it. It's right here. Uh, if you guys have watched Tattoo Redo, sorry to spoiler alert, I got a tattoo on the show. I'll probably be getting many more tattoos on the show. The fucking gardener's right outside my window. Come to my window. I, I it, the, the show was a surprise. The success of the show is just, I'm so grateful. Thank you guys for watching it. Honestly, thank you for sharing it. Thank you for telling your friends about it. Um, Thank you for being so supportive with me, honestly. And I want to go back to that question. So let me just know where we ended off. Okay, so I've got these questions to ask for next week. We'll do another one next week. M. Kirky 31 I'm back to you. Recent inductee to the Dead Dads Club. Is there any advice? So far, this is awful. He was my best friend. Honestly, I could have asked that question to so many people when my dad died because I feel the same way. My sentiment was identical to yours. 
my dad was my best friend. I guess my first word of advice is to is to check your tense, the tense that which you're using your language. Not check it, but just be aware of it. Check it's a little aggressive. He was your best friend. Is he not still? If we don't know what happens beyond this life, if there's nothing to truly indicate one thing happening one way or the other, beyond life, into death, we don't know what it is. It could be a journey. It could be something else. It could be the beginning of another life. We don't know. And, and you can have this argument as much as you want. And, and people can really, like Ari Manis can put up a good face and be like, I don't think anything happens when you die. Well, when you say it like that, it's believable. Look at cults. It's all in your conviction of your word. But the reality is we don't know. And I think if we really knew, it would, it would take away a lot of the awe and wonderment that we have in life. I think a lot of the beauty of life is the unknowing. And the most important thing you can do as an individual in this life is to unlearn everything that you think you know. One of my favorite lyrics from Erica Badu is, uh, I think it's the next lifetime. Uh, what's the song? The man that thinks he knows something knows that he knows nothing at all. And this, the title of the song escapes me. Somebody's probably screaming it and I love her so much, but that's, that's, that's everything. You have to unlearn everything that you think you know. And, and your dad used to be your best friend. No, he still is somewhere in this experience, in this time and space that we've thrown a bunch of math at and quantum physics and all these things to quantify our existence on this earth. And all of it looks good on paper. The equations add up. But we really don't know. And if time isn't linear and, and space is endless and, and expanding, then you guys are still best friends somewhere. And you can be best friends in this life still. And you're probably still best friends in another dimension. I choose to believe that. Call it survival. Call it narrow-mindedness. Call it a roman a hopeless romantic. Whatever you want to call it. That doesn't matter. Those are just words to make you feel better because you don't want your mind to be as open. He's still your best friend. One of the hardest things to do on the other side of death is find out where they exist in your life now. Find out how they exist in your life now and what your relationship is to them now. My dad's still my best friend. I still have conversations with him. And when I'm meditating and I'm in a really good space and I'm digging deep, he'll respond. I've felt my mother through my own existence. I've looked down at my hands and I've seen my mother's hands. I've went to grab coffee mugs and I have, I've looked at my hand and saw my mother's hand. I've walked through the house and caught my reflection in the mirror and saw my mom. When I laugh and tell jokes to friends, I hear my dad. When I'm on the street and I help somebody, my mom is right there. When I blow a fart, my dad's right inside me, not in a bad way. I had to make a joke because I felt myself crying and I was a little scared about being vulnerable. I'm not perfect. They're with you. They're a part of you. You're a part of them. And death does not take that as a toll. You get that. If you're open to it, you get to keep that and, and find a way to make it be a part of your everyday life. Don't be afraid to reminisce. Don't be afraid to talk to them or him. Make a, make a holiday each year where you go spend time doing something he loved. I gave that as advice on one of the Grief Survival Guide episodes where do something they love to feel connected to them. My dad loved to drink. Great. I'm fucking going to go to change a pace when I get to Syracuse. Sit in his old table. Sit at his old stoop at the bar. The bartender knows what he used to drink. Vodka soda, lime, or a little Michelob Ultra if he was worried about his figure for the summer. Have a drink and be there with my dad. He's still your best friend. It's a matter of you figuring out a way to keep that relationship going.
And I can tell you from experience, for me, meditation's really helped. And I got to be honest, years ago, if I heard myself saying this today, I'd be like, what a pussy. Even though the pussy's like the strongest body in the world. And I really want to alter my usage of that word to describe something weak. But I would look at myself now and be like, really? Meditation? Okay. Okay, you witch. It works. Find a way to clear your mind. Find a space for yourself to be free of doubt, free of self-consciousness, free of worry, free of worrying what somebody's thinking of you. Find a space where you can really be free and meditate. And you can do meditative things. That's often why when you're driving or taking a shower, you think of good ideas because showering and driving are meditative in the sense that they are requiring you to do something that you know how to do, like the back of your hand. You don't even really need to focus on it. Driving is second nature. Showering is second nature. We, we wash our bodies with complete, just complete and other disregard. So your brain is able to wander a little bit. I always say one of the things really missing from today is daydreaming. Daydreaming is your siesta for your for your mind, your body, and your soul. So find a space where you can daydream a little bit and see if you can't connect with your dad again. And then in that space, you'll realize he's still with you. How, what, what, however and whatever that means to you. I keep photos of my family everywhere. Uh, my fridge has... Uh, my family plastered all over it. Those moments aren't gone. They're still out there in your psyche, in your memories, in your soul, in your DNA. All that happened between you and your father is still within you. You just have have to find a space to access it. And that can be the hard part. But just know I'm an example of someone who is on the journey of doing that. It is very difficult. It takes It takes complete practice and dedication and commitment every day. I meditate and I journal every day. It doesn't matter where I am on the road, camping outside of Brad Pitt's house, whatever, you know, wherever, wherever, wherever. I do it. I do it to create a space for myself to connect, to unpack, to realign with my, my true nature so that I can make myself available so that I can allow my emotions space to be heard. And this grief that you're experiencing, it never goes away. It just transforms around you and you grow around it. It gets bigger and smaller and you just continue to grow around that grief. You'll carry it with you for the rest of your life. You will never, ever get over losing your best friend. But with hope and practice and commitment, you can learn to carry him with you through this life. And I hope for you that you can take parts of him, the best parts of your father, and use those to give back to people in your life and strangers that you pass in the street. I hope you can do that. That was the greatest gift my parents gave me. My dad's ability to talk to anybody and make them laugh and make them feel seen and my mother's unwavering desire to help everyone and be so generous that's those are the things i carry in life now and also my dad's farts and my mom's love of wine those are all the things i have that's all i have to give (laughs) farts boxed wine and some some advice a shoulder to lean on maybe not in covid because i don't want you to cry cough into my hair and then i got COVID particles and I'm sleeping on at night. But you know, you feel what I'm trying to say. So M. Kirky 31, your dad's still with you. He's still your best friend. Find a space to let him in. You know, my dad passed away of Alzheimer's and I'm waiting for his ghost to show up. He's probably at the wrong house. Probably doesn't know where he is and he's haunting some other blonde girl. And she's terrified there's a drunk man farting in her kitchen. The ghost of a drunk man farting in her kitchen. If I had a dollar. Well, we will have another. This is a part one. We'll have a a part two because there's so many questions that you guys asked. I appreciate you so much. I will honestly uh, 
take some time next time and hopefully get through all of these questions. Oh, there goes my lipstick. Um, check out my tour, jessiemay.com, wide open tour is this year. We also are starting my girl tour with Carly Aquilino. Our girl podcast starts on September 1st. My podcast with Tully starts September 1st. I can't tell you what it is because we don't have all of our assets in order yet. And thank you so much. Life is short. Be bold, bitch. Tell Brad Pitt I was here. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.